0: Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.
1: You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love online or in store, pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new rent what you need. It's better at Erin's.
0: approval, not guaranteed restrictions apply. See store for details.
1: All inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks and never ending fun Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.
0: And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks.
2: Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to Move the Sticks presented by New Era. And uh, Buck, I think we should probably get to our college music because uh, getting a chance to get together and talk a little college football, some NFL prospects. <laughs> we're looking for- oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to watching. How you doing,
3: bud? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm really excited about uh, this weekend. We talked about the college football season. Um, look, it kicked off last weekend, but this is the official kickoff. I'm excited to see some of these players, some of these matchups.
2: How great is it, too? This is the the weekend where we get Thursday college football, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I mean, it's just awesome, uh, one after another. And so we're going to get a chance to talk about some of these games. The players, really focusing on the players we're looking forward to watching and what we're looking to see uh, from them. We're going to get a chance to make our predictions of, You know who's going to win each conference. Uh, we'll go through that little final four predictions, which I believe last year, one of these years, I had, uh, I think I had Wisconsin in the championship game, Buck, and they lost Mm. a 500 team. So uh, I've got to do better. I've got to do better there. Uh, But we'll have a chance to to dig into that. And then we're going to talk about, you know, two of the positions that we are fired up for in this upcoming draft. And that's going to be an opportunity for us to watch these guys starting this weekend, Um, really looking at the running back position and the cornerback position, which uh, I think is a it's got a chance to be two phenomenal groups in the upcoming draft.
3: Yeah, really excited about both of those positions. I mean, running backs in particular, you talk about some marquee guys that are going to come through and possibly enter the 2020 draft.
2: Uh, No doubt. All right, let's get to some of the games here and uh, and what we're looking forward to seeing in these games. Uh, Let's start off... With the biggest game, I think Oregon and Auburn is going to be huge. And I think when you look at, you know, from a, a style point of the game, you're looking at the line of scrimmage to see uh, to see how Oregon and that offensive line, who's one of the better offensive lines in the country, uh, offensive lines in the country, how that holds up against uh, really, you know, some of the best defensive linemen, led by Derek Brown from Auburn, who I got a chance to evaluate him last year, Buck. I don't know if you peeked at him, mm-hmm. but man, he I was a, to me, he was a top 15 pick last year, and uh, now we get to see him in action in this one. But I think the headliner, obviously, for Oregon. Was would be the quarterback.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you talk about uh, talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, you brought up Derrick Brown. The thing about Derrick Brown that stands out to me, big, athletic, quick feet, strong hands. Um, I love the way he controls the point. And he, he really plays hard. You know, we always talk about, like, those guys that have nonstop motors and have athleticism. I just think with his combination of skills, he's just a natural three technique. Um, and look, he's coming off a season where he had 10 and a half sacks, 10 and a half tackles for loss, four sacks, and a forced fumble. I think this is a big time game because this would be an opportunity for the football world to kind of see him go against a quarterback that everybody is intrigued by. Justin Herbert, 6'6", 240. You talk about a franchise quarterback prospect, A plus size, athleticism, arm talent, looks to part. He has the potential to be the number one overall pick based on his upside. But the thing that I want to see in this game is can he play like a high end player? I don't believe that he's consistently played at that level enough to warrant kind of like some of the hype that has kind of surrounded him. But if he stacks together a couple of good games, I do believe he could be the guy that we end up talking about when it comes around draft day being the number one overall pick.
2: And what a great opportunity showcase for him. and I mentioned that offensive line. Now, he's not draft eligible, but Panay Sewell is the left tackle for Oregon, is a sophomore, is somebody that uh, keep an eye on him because he's already got a lot of attention from scouts, uh, somebody for the future. Uh, he's got a chance to be a really good player for them. So, how does he hold up against this SEC defensive line will be big. But going back to Herbert Buck, um, Look, I want to see somebody make good decisions. Uh, I I know I don't worry about the athleticism, the arm strength. We've seen plenty of that. Uh, Make good decisions and be consistent throughout the game. He's been uh, high highs, kind of low lows type of a player. And this is an environment he's going to be playing in, which could lead itself to more of that high highs, low lows. I want to see, can he keep it steady? Can he keep the same level of play uh, throughout this contest? I don't care if Oregon wins or loses from an evaluation standpoint. But I want to see Justin Herbert uh, look poised and relaxed and delivery consistent performance. That's what I'm looking to see.
3: now it's funny that you say that because I, I i wrote down in my notes, does he have the patience and the discipline to attack a talented defense? Can yep. he connect the dots or is he simply just a thrower? I want to see if he can manage the game. And manage the game is not only controlling things at the line of scrimmage, but it's really how you choose to play, how do you attack. Is he willing to – look, I know you spend time with Phillip Rivers each and every week. Is he willing to do what Phillip Rivers does, which is sometimes yep. I will win by paper cut, death by a million paper cuts. Can he – Can he play that style? Can he also hit you over the top when you take away some of those things? I want to see how many tools Justin Herbert has in the toolbox, not only physically, but mentally, does he have a deep toolbox that allows him to change the way that he plays? Because when you think about where he could be selected, those quarterbacks need to have those abilities to kind of merit being selected in the top five. And I,
2: another player to keep an eye on here. If you're watching this game and you're a, you're an NFL fan, you want to see some some future mm-hmm. NFL guys. Oregon linebacker who we got a chance to talk to yep. in, in Troy Die. Uh, Buck, ultra-productive. The production's off the charts for this kid. Look, the range is tremendous, sideline to sideline. The speed is there. This is an opportunity for him. And look, I know he can run all day long. Uh, you're going to have to bang a little bit against Auburn. So can he get involved in that street fight in the middle there, and, uh, and can he make it happen? That's a guy I'll be keeping an eye on.
3: I love the way you described it, because it is a street fight in there, playing against SEC competition. You know Auburn is going to run the ball. That's part of their DNA. Um, I think for for Dive, what I want to see is, look, he's been super productive. He's the only player in a Power 5 conference to lead his team in tackles for each of the three seasons. I want to see, can he make splash plays in a game like this? Because it's, it's something in being a tackler. It's another thing being a playmaker. I want to see if he can be a playmaker because playmakers are the guys that really covered a lot of attention when it comes to the draft. I want to see how he's able to elevate his game to be a difference maker in this game if Oregon is to win.
2: And I want to ask you one question about a young guy who obviously is not draft eligible. Uh, but Bo Nix is going to start at Auburn in, in this game as a as a freshman. Love Tell him. me about this kid, Buck. Man, I know you've seen him love, from the Elite 11. Give me something.
3: Man, love Bo Nix. Love everything about it. One, he has pedigree. His dad, Patrick Nix, played at Auburn. So he's stepping into um, a situation that should be very, very familiar for him. Uh, big-time player, dual-threat athlete. Very solidly built. Like, even though you think of a a true freshman, he'll need some growth potential. This dude is well built. He's packed it on. He can run it, but he really can spin it. And I think the best thing about Bo Nix and his game, he's – He's really a natural leader. He is a guy that guys kind of rally behind. So I'm not surprised that he won the starting job. Um, I think the big thing will be, how does he handle some big? Personally?
2: Like, what, what kind of size do we have here? Bro? I mean, I think how we're talking about, kid? I think we're
3: talking about like 6'2", 6'2", 6'3". 6'2". Yeah, like a, a plus size kid. Like, when I talk about well-built, like, broad shoulders, very muscular defined, um, Looks like Mm -hmm. a guy that is ready from day one. And then when it comes to his maturity, he's a very mature kid, a very positive kid, a very competitive kid. And so to put him in this... Auburn offense with Gus Malzahn kind of at the the helm. I'm curious to see how he elects to use him. Does he use him like he has used guys like Nick Marshall and some of those guys, or does he use him kind of like he used Jared Stidham? Because those are it's the same team, two different style offenses. I'm curious which one Gus Malzahn kind of leans on based on how he perceives Nick's skills to be.
2: All right, well, that's no question the biggest game of the week. Now, a couple more games we're going to be watching just for the players involved. Uh, don't necessarily say these are going to be great football games, but we want to check out on uh, check out some of these young players that we're going to be evaluating in the spring. Georgia, Vanderbilt. I love when you get an SEC conference game week one. Uh, that's going to be a fun one. And uh, Jake Fromm, good opportunity for him against uh, Vanderbilt, always a very well-coached team, going to be disciplined on defense. Uh, good opportunity there. And Vandy's got some dudes, man. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is a very talented running back. We'll talk about some of these running running backs here in just a little bit but uh, it's not just him they've got some dudes uh you got a tight end that's a very interesting yeah, that, player so I there's, think, a, there's yeah. some talent there on Vandy
3: yeah absolutely you talk about Keyshawn Vaughn I'll let you talk about him but Jerry Pickney is the guy that stood out to me this is an interesting yep. uh tight end prospect because I, I wrote down in my notes like he's one of those rare finds because he's listed as a Y but I really feel like he plays like an H-back when it looks at his movement skills and his playmaking potential outstanding pass-catching radius, great length, good uh, athleticism. I thought he was a terrific uh, kind of like position blocker, meaning he's not necessarily the nastiest guy, the guy that's going to take the guy and run him off the, the spot, but he stalemates. He gives good effort. He'll run his feet. Um, if he had a little nasty, he would be good, but I think he's good enough to be serviceable in the running game and then as a wide receiver. Love the movement skills, like the athleticism to allow him to win one-on-one matchups. To me, he is kind of that new breed of tight end. Uh, Not quite saying he's Zach Erks-like, but he's kind of in that mold where Mm -hmm. he may be a little more of a receiver than a run blocker. But I do believe he can do some of the inline stuff that you want to see. I think
2: Keyshawn Vaughn, the running back, is built like a little tank, uh, sawed-off running back who just runs hard, very physical, Hasn't been really involved in the passing game when you watch him, but uh, hopefully we see a little bit more a little bit more of that this year. Uh, but a power runner kind of comes into the season. Pegged is as, as kind of a mid-round guy. Uh, we'll see what he does this season. You flip it over to Georgia, though, a team that lost all those receivers that we saw come into the draft last year. Uh, Jake Fromm, though, is going to have a big time offensive line in front of him, so a lot of talent there. And uh, and then what can he do? Does he have the arm strength, I would say, mm-hmm. is the biggest question mark when you, you talk to everybody around the league? Um, but you got somebody that's incredibly poised, accurate, and a very good decision maker. I think for him, it's kind of the opposite of Justin Herbert, who we were talking about, mm-hmm. where with Herbert, we want to see can you be efficient, accurate, and consistent. Um, we don't worry about the arm strength, the athleticism. With Fromm, I kind of want to see some of those things. Can, can he can he get a little extra when he needs to? Uh, can he elude the rush? Those are things you're going to be looking for uh, with him. I'll get your thoughts on him in a second here, Buck. And then to me, uh, Andrew Thomas, the big-time, mm-hmm. big-time left tackle for Georgia. He's got a chance to be the top tackle in this draft.
3: Yeah, look, Thomas is really impressive at, at first glance. You, you look at just the size. He, he's already caught the eye of athleticism just because of his raw athleticism. Still needs to work on his technique. Still is more of a athlete um, than a player, but he has all the intriguing tools that could make him one of the highest Risers, uh, when we come to the draft, and Jake Fromm. It's funny, man, because when you ask people about Jake Fromm, like he is such a polarizing prospect on the scouting trails. Oh yeah, uh, there are people that love him. They love not a the polarizing
2: way. person though, right?
3: Yeah, like I mean, everybody
2: loves the kid. Yeah, everybody does. But it, it's just a matter of whether or not you buy the package.
3: Right. So, so everyone loves how he goes about his business, the leadership ability, the work ethic, and all of those things. The big thing that kind of keeps him kind of mired in the muck. Uh, they don't know about the arm talent and they still would like to see him deliver more accurate throws consistently. And so I believe he kind of gets caught up in the Aaron Murray trail, meaning Aaron Murray yeah. was very, very successful at Georgia, uh, had kind of a pop gum arm. And so he never got a chance to really make his way in. The pros just didn't have enough talent to do it, I believe. He is kind of compared to the former Georgia standout, and he is going to have to disprove that narrative. Uh, Otherwise, he's going to kind of find his way doing what Aaron Murray was able to do as a developmental prospect for a few years in the league.
2: And the best player on the field in this game, I think we both would agree, will be DeAndre Swift. Oh, we'll we'll yes. get to him a little bit later. We're going to talk about these running backs, but uh, um, he, he's, he's best in show, and you're going to have fun watching him. If you haven't seen him uh, play, George has turned out some running backs. He's the next great one, so uh, keep an eye on him. All right, Georgia Tech Clemson. I don't think we're watching for Georgia Tech here, Buck, but uh <laughs> fun to
3: see what they got. Yeah, Clemson is fun to see. We talk about the running backs, man. Travis, I think it's Ntn. How would I say his last name?
2: Etienne. Etienne.
3: Etienne. Yeah. Etienne. 5'9", 212. He might be the most explosive runner in college football in terms of just his straight line speed, quickness, and burst. Um, he can take it the distance. Uh, the thing that stood out to me, I feel like he's a little more of a straight line runner. And so I think he's kind of a fit in a one cut and go type scheme. Places a premium on guys running north-south. But I will say this. If he gets a crack, he can take it the distance. And there are plenty of teams that are looking for those kind of running backs where man all they need to do is get him to the second level and he can finish it. He can finish his runs and he's done so for the Tigers.
2: Yeah, he's 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 gonna be fun to watch. I think, you know, we'll get plenty into these running backs a little bit later on. Um I, you know, I don't. A lot of people were talking about him as he a first, second round pick. I, I don't really have him up up there in that class with these other running backs that we have. Uh, but he's a very intriguing player with some talent there, so we'll keep an eye on him. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Isaiah Simmons, uh, linebacker, who a lot of folks thought was coming out last year, uh, he went back to school. So he's uh, he's one that's got a chance to be in the mix, one of the top linebackers in the upcoming class. So as usual, per usual, Clemson, no shortage of dudes, and maybe one of my favorite players in the country, who's not draft eligible. And I got to see him when I went up there and visited you up at the, uh, the Nike camp was that defensive end, Xavier Thomas, who we saw a little bit as a true freshman last year. That's a bad dude, man.
3: Bad dude. I mean, Clemson have so many guys. I would say keep your eyes on offensively, since you're going to be paying attention to the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Make sure you pay attention to the pass catchers uh, that he's delivering to. T. Higgins is one that you want to keep an eye on. Height, weight, speed, prospect, big playability, Had 10 uh, at like ten or more touchdown catches, the only guy in the ACC to have double-digit touchdowns. His height, size, speed combination is going to be a problem for people on the perimeter. For me, I want to see if he's going to be a guy that comes out early. I want to see if he can become more than just a vertical threat. I want to see if he really can play as a number one receiver. He'll have to show me that by being able to do some other things outside the vertical stuff. All
2: right, we get to the next one. I think people listen to this and be a little bit surprised. Uh, Utah State Wake Forest, but there's one main reason to watch this one.
3: Oh, you talk talking about Pat Mahomes 2.0? I mean, that's what some of the guys on the trail there call There you go, them.
2: Jordan Love. Jordan Love. A lot love, of love in the room.
3: Yeah, Jordan Love, quarterback from Utah State, is getting a lot of love on the streets. Um, when I talk about the Pat Mahomes comparison, there's what people are telling me. Pat Mahomes, like prospect, unique combination of size, athleticism, and arm talent. Um, he is a non-Power 5 conference player that you want. So you want to see how he performs On a bigger stage and I'm not saying that Wake Forest are world beaters, but it is a little step up in competition. Let's see how he performs in this game. He's just kind of trying to set the table for when he can make his run up the charts. Having a good game versus Wake Forest will put a lot of eyes on him throughout the season, but then he'll get an opportunity later in the year, maybe even in a bowl game to show people that he can play with the big boys.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, somebody that you know can move around. Again, I keep coming back to that Michigan State game was the first one that I watched, and that was a nice showcase for him. This will be a great chance for him to kick off um, his season here, trying to build some of that momentum as we head towards the spring. Uh, Jordan Love going to be one to watch there, so keep an eye on that one. I believe that's even a Friday night game, so uh, you'll get a chance if you're not out at a high school game. I think we'll both be busy uh, on Friday night, Buck. But yeah, we got a little DVR, you are, actually. So we'll see if we put a DVR later. on it. There you go. There you go, and then uh final one, and we 'll get to some of these position groups here, uh, Houston at Oklahoma. Uh, a whole host of players, two quarterbacks really to keep an eye on it in this game. Um, we'll see, get a chance to see Jalen Hurts for the first time in this Oklahoma offense. What does he look like? Um, I, I don't know. By the way, I don't think I got your, your uh, take on this. I don't think you were – it might have been Rhett was in that day. But my Jalen Hurts comparison, Buck, of what you could do with him was uh, was Taysom Hill. That's what I thought you
3: could Ooh, do with him the next Ooh, Taysom one. Hill. That's funny you compared him to that. That's a nice comparison. I actually compared him to Dak Prescott. I compared him to Dak Prescott in terms of just having uh, – Ben, he was down at the uh, Elite 11 Finals. Haven't seen him go. When you watch him, he has one of these unique body builds. Like, he's kind of short waist, long, long, like high-waisted. So, he's it, it, built funny. But he has a thick yeah. trunk that is very, very similar to Dak Prescott. And when you watch him spin it, when you watch him spin it in the summer – Um, He throws it, I think, a little better than people give him credit for. I think at the high end, maybe he can be a Dak Prescott type. Remember, Dak Prescott was taken in the fourth round. Uh, Maybe that is the sweet spot that you're talking about with Jalen. But in the right situation, I think everyone needs to go back and realize he was the SEC Offensive Player of the Year as a freshman. And If not for the performance that Deshaun Watson put together in the fourth quarter, he probably would have been the celebrated hero. So before we dismiss him, thinking that he can't throw, I think you want to pay real close attention to how they use him because that could kind of be the blueprint for how you could potentially use him at quarterback in the pros.
2: And DeEric King is is a quarterback to keep an eye on there for Houston. So we'll see what he can do in this ball game. I have not got a chance to study him yet, but he's somebody that's uh, it's got a little bit of buzz around the scouting community. Keep an eye on him uh, is one to watch. And then when you look at the receiver position, C.D. Lamb, Ooh, uh, one of my favorites. Bro, Buck, man. We'll, we'll get a chance to. Uh, to see him continue to, to make those dazzling catches. He's, his ability to adjust in the air is spectacular. I don't know that he's going to have huge, huge speed. We talk about it every spring when we go into the draft. These guys that run mid 4'5", yep. mid four, five to right uh, underneath four six, they're the best receivers in the NFL right now, so don't let that bother you.
3: No, don't let it bother you because it has more to do with stop-start quickness and your ability to be a craftsman, a skilled route runner who understands how to put uh, defensive backs in compromising positions, but also you have the balance in the body control and the to separate at the top of the break. So uh, there are only a handful of guys uh, that can do it, but this guy we talked about, he he's definitely is in that conversation.
2: Absolutely. All right. Let's get to a couple of these positions here because we talked about the depth um, at a couple of these spots. Wideouts. We'll do that another day. But the wideout group is loaded. Uh, ton of wideouts. Going to be much better mm-hmm. than we saw last year. Two other groups though that are in great shape are the running back position and the corner position. Let's let's start with some of these running backs, Buck. I'll give you some of these names um, of, of guys I've checked out and just kind of who jumps out to you for whatever reason. Uh, DeAndre Swift. Um, we talked Dingo. about Etienne. He jumps. Uh, he jumps out. DeAndre Swift jumps out. DeAndre. <laughs> yeah, you, go ahead. Jump in. No, jump in before no, we to like, of these dudes. Look, man, like
3: when, when, when I'm looking at DeAndre Swift on tape, it's just something about his running style. I wrote this in my notes. He kind of reminds me of a young Frank Gore. And I'm saying that as the, with the highest Ooh. praise that you could do it. Like, I think he has all the tools, size, speed, strength, power. He can run inside, balance, body control and burst to go outside, um, catches the ball um, naturally. I just think with his stop start quickness, he has it all. I literally said he's dynamic in a subtle way that reminds you of Frank Gore in his prime. I think this is the next great Georgia running back that goes and hears his name called in the first round if he decides to come out.
2: Yeah, he's he's a special player. And one of the things that I, I love about guys, and this reminds me a little bit of LT, mm-hmm. um, with Daniel Tomlinson was always fast enough. Now he ran fast coming out, but LT yep. knew how to just kind of govern his speed. So yep. I think that's one of the reasons he preserved himself as well as he did. If he needed to if he needed to run, you know, 18 miles an hour to, to beat everybody in the end zone he ran 18 if he needed to run 22 <laughs> he'd run 22 if it was 13 he'd run 13 uh, and that's what this kid does he looks like he's cruising sometimes I'm like man does this kid really go and then all of a sudden when there's somebody coming he can find that extra gear uh, but really really a special stop start quickness change of direction uh, he's he's pretty dynamic and a pretty special player
3: very special player um, look man i think he's the one and in, the, in this draft class there are a couple of running backs, but he is the one that, man, I have my eye on. I think he's gonna be a superstar. The
2: next the next kid I want to talk about, and he's he's right underneath him in my opinion, and I think he's got a chance to be a really, really dynamic player. Reminds me of Dalvin Cook, and that's Eno Benjamin, uh, out there at Arizona State. Absolutely. Somebody we got a chance to visit with at Pac Twelve Media Day. But you talk about the running back that's built for today's NFL, I I give you Eno Benjamin.
3: Man, it's funny that you brought him up. I, I wrote up workhorse runner with an old-school game, showed durability and stamina. You talk about those games where he was able to really take, handle a heavy workload, 25, 30 carries, does it. Uh, the big question for me is, he talked about doing this. can he catch the ball consistently out the backfield? In today's game, to be an upper echelon or an elite three-down player, you have to be able to run the football inside and out. you got to be effective in pass pro, and you have to be able to catch the ball out the backfield I just need to know if he can do that. He talked about um, Coach Herm. Herm Edwards going to give him an opportunity to do more things, be more involved in that. I can't wait to kind of see what that looks like because I want to see if he can answer that. I Man, you're talking about a talented player that certainly deserves conversation to be in the conversation on day one.
2: All right, two, two players that I'll lump in together here because I think they're a little bit similar. Uh, Najee Harris from Alabama and, and A.J. Dillon from Boston College. We're talking about huge hulking backs. Uh, I know in, in talking to the Boston College coaching staff, they tell me that A.J. Dillon's going to run fast. Now, I did not see that type of speed when I watched him on tape. Uh, Najee Harris, I do not think, will run fast. And you don't see a, a lot of top-end speed with him, but just a real instinctive and, and physical runner. Uh, both those guys, to me, can you see a little extra a little extra juice, a little extra burst? Um, that'll be something I'm keeping an eye on. And again, two humongous running backs.
3: It's funny that you bring up Najee Harris because Najee Harris was probably one of the most celebrated and decorated running back prospects when he came out of high school. Goes to Alabama naturally, he has to sit behind that talented, stable of backs that they have. But I will say this about Najee Harrison, maybe he'll see it. Um, I think he's Derrick Henry plus in terms of he is a more effective pass catcher out the battlefield out of the backfield, and Derrick Henry ever he doesn't was have that
2: juice though? Does he? Buck, he doesn't. I didn't, he doesn't. I didn't see he doesn't. That no. He doesn't have. Henry he doesn't. Had.
3: No. 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 He doesn't have that juice. But the funny thing with Derrick Henry, I never felt like Derrick Henry was really a burner with the ball in his hands. I felt like he was a strider who kind of played physically, kind of got to the edge. I never felt like I saw him as a home run hitter at Alabama. I think for Najee, I think Najee's biggest thing is opportunity, having the opportunity to really be the workhorse. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if you'll get that because they have so many guys that are there. But remember this, the championship game when they beat Georgia, when they turned it around, they put all the young dudes in. Tua, Najee, the young wide receivers, they were the catalyst for change in that game. Najee Harris, to me, is kind of one of the best kept secrets. I'm looking forward to seeing if he can be the guy that everyone expected him to be when he came in.
2: Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, it'll be interesting to see him in this offense in that featured role. All right, let's uh, let's go to, to Wisconsin because there's no more productive player Ooh, uh, than Taylor. what you get with that running back. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is uh, he's a no nonsense, no frills uh, type of back. Yeah, I don't know. If there's anything you know super dynamic about him that jumps out but just a, a really good football player we'll see um, what he does this year I want to see some more um, you know show me some more quickness some more change of direction I know as a straight line hit it and go guy um, he's been very very productive for that group
3: very productive and the thing I think that kind of makes us all pause a little bit at Wisconsin is um, so much of what they do is really attributed to their offensive line their offensive line does a great job of blowing. Um, people off the ball, then you have these running lanes. But look, this guy has some talent. He has some durability and some some stamina when it comes to being able to carry the heavy workload. And the one thing that we typically know about Wisconsin running backs is they can run through contact. Now, they may not have upper echelon speed, but they can finish. They, they, They finish the right way. They're always falling forward. They grind. They like it noisy and dirty in between the tackles. He has all of that. So for a team that is a little more old school in their approach, look, the Patriots already have their guys. Maybe the Detroit Lions. They, they kind of have got like, got teams that are looking for those old school hammerheads. Jonathan Taylor is going to be someone that's really, really intriguing to them based on his running style.
2: Last two guys, and we'll get over to the corners. But uh, Cam Akers. I like Cam Akers. People are split on him. Some people don't care for him. I must have seen his best games because when I watched him, I liked him. Um, I thought he had something to him. Now, uh, we'll see what he does this year for the Seminoles. And then the other one is Zach Moss, who, when healthy, um, is an aggressive, maybe the most physical runner in this entire group, Uh, a darn good player. And Utah's going to have a good offensive line. He's going to get a chance to hammer some people. So uh, those are two guys that I like.
3: You know, when when I look at Cam Akers, I want you to envision Cam Akers as thick as he is played quarterback at his high school. Now, it was more wildcat quarterback, but this is a very talented athlete, really a super athlete. I think he's going to surprise people with the way that he tests when he has an opportunity leading up to the draft. As a running back, he's shown flashes of being a guy that can be an upper echelon playmaker. He's physical. He has the speed and the burst and the natural pitter-pat to make people miss in the hole, but he just hasn't done it consistently. And because they've been in the midst of a downturn, you're just wondering Man, is this guy an elevator? Is he someone that can elevate the program? Or do we need to bring some guys to kind of bring him back to the pack?
2: Yeah. With Cam Akers, I thought just instinctive, had a nice feel for when to press and when to bounce. Um, We'll see how he does uh, this upcoming season. And Utah is always going to be physical. Doesn't matter what position, Buck. It seems like no matter who Kyle Whittingham throws out there, it's going to be a physical bunch. All right, corners. Let me give you the, uh, the, the uh, three corners that, that really jumped out to me that I've had a chance to look at. Jeffrey Okuda from Ohio State, C.J. Uh, Henderson from Florida is a good one, and then Christian Fulton from LSU would mm-hmm. put right up there at the top. Th- those three, to me, are better than any of the corners we had last year, and I would throw Diggs in there from Alabama if he's healthy is right there in that mix.
3: I mean, I agree with you. Like, the, f- the funny thing is, like, Okuda from Ohio State, you talk about a guy who has high weight speed, elite traits in Twitch. Uh, only has one career start, so you kind of want to see how he plays. But we've seen the factory that is Ohio State University when it comes to their t- ability to produce corners. He's the next one that falls in line. Uh, Fulton from LSU, um, I think he's the next great LSU corner. A-plus size. Speed, athleticism, legitimate cover skills. I mean, he just checks off the boxes as a top ten talent. I think the big thing, will his play match his potential? Will his performance in between the lines match all the things that we've seen from here previously? You want to see if he just continues to take his game up a notch because he is not content with being uh, a dominant player here, but he's setting himself up to dominate the stage when he takes the next move.
2: Hey, no doubt, and then below them, a Paulson from Stanford. Some of the David Shaw loves, and you think he thinks he got a chance to be the best corner in the country. I I had him beneath that group, um, a little bit leggy, a little bit stiff. So we'll see how he plays this fall for Stanford, but an intriguing player nonetheless. Um, So he's one. And then Jalen Johnson from Utah is another one that's got a lot of buzz Mm -hmm. around the league. I haven't had a chance to study him just yet, but there's some some buzz on the streets for him. And I I will also add uh, our guy at UCLA, Darnay Holmes, who's got a chance to be a day one starting nickel. Wow.
3: I mean, look, the thing I love about all those guys that you mentioned, but particularly Darnay Holmes. Darnay Holmes is a super athlete, super smart, graduated really early, like two and a half years in, finished up all this stuff at UCLA. He's really been able to focus on his game, and he is spectacular. Now, he's a little undersized when it comes to his height versus some of the other guys, but, man, he'll battle you. He'll compete. He has the ability to really master techniques quickly. Quickly, I think he's going to be a versatile player that can play a variety of positions in the secondary, which would make him valuable. And then I'm going to go all the way back up to Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs, I think it's important to talk about. Long, ragey athlete, um, terrific um, just feel an awareness for the game, even though he's making the move over. He's the younger brother of Stefan Diggs, but he has the same competitive playing spirit on the fields. I think he still needs to refine a little bit of his technique, but man, that height, weight, speed combination is going to make someone pull the trigger.
2: Uh, I'm with you. Uh, again, I think this group, would you agree with me coming into this season, this corner group, especially at the very top, is uh, superior to what we had last year? Oh,
3: absolutely. Much better crew. Yeah,
2: I'm with you on that. So we'll see how these uh, how these players continue to grow and evolve throughout the season. We'll be checking in on them as we go throughout. These top-tier players, we're going to follow them throughout this college season, uh, check up on them, and see how they're doing. But again, two outstanding groups, running backs and corners to keep an eye on. All right, you ready to make some predictions they are going to be nowhere near I accurate? love it.
3: I love it. I love it.
2: Let's start off with the SEC, Buck. Who's winning the SEC?
3: Ooh, I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to go Alabama.
2: Yeah. Uh, who's who, who's in the mix there? Georgia obviously is a team that people are. I mean, I think I think Georgia is in the
3: mix, but the winner of the cocktail party will be the team that kind of goes. And I would like to see them, uh, Alabama, potentially play, you know, Florida. See if it could be interesting a little. Tennessee, 10 Florida fair gonna be able to
2: score though. I mean, the you know, one know, thing about physical. Alabama is they don't, they aren't great at tight end. They aren't, which they've had big time tight ends in the past. They don't have one now, so it's going to be four wides, which is going to be. It, look, it's going to be a track meet with Tua and company. They're going to put up a boatload of points. But when you don't have a tight end, though, you lose a little bit of your physical edge. You Absolutely, know, can't get in there with tight ends and and do that so i'm anxious to see they could blow the doors off everybody that meet up with georgia uh, in the championship game and, and that could go the other way so i'm with you i'm gonna go bama but i think georgia gets there in, I, in the west i think you know look i just don't think anybody's i mean lsu is going to be good I'm but I, I don't your, think they have enough firepower to hang no, with alabama can so your, i'm gonna go alabama over over georgia
3: okay i'm gonna go with a, a sleeper team we talked about this team texas a&m is a team that you need to pay attention to just the yes. way that they play. I don't yeah, know if they have enough you. bullets in the gun yet, but the way that they're playing and the way that Jimbo is building that up, they're eventually going to be a team that can vie with Alabama.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's one year away. Uh, I do think Texas A&M has a has a good chance of you know beating LSU and being in that number two spot. I just think Alabama's too good right now. Alabama, we both agree, wins the SEC. Uh, let's go uh, We'll go over to Pac-12 here, Buck. Who, who's going to win the Pac-12? Are We, are we going? We might end up saying the same team on every single
3: day. Uh, maybe. Go I'm going to go with
2: UW. <laughs> We're the same.
3: Yeah, yeah I'm going to with mean, UW. I'm going to go with Washington, too. Yeah, I'm going to go with UW. I, I just like what Chris Peterson is doing. I like the way they play on defense. Jimmy Lake is doing a great job with that defense, continues to turn out top top talent. And if they decided they want to take all their opponents in the conference into the, into the back alley and make it kind of like a street brawl, it kind of plays in their favor. I think they can do this. One other team that I think, look, I know Stanford will always be there, but what Mario Cristobal is attempting to do in Oregon, I believe we will see some of the roots take place um, this year. He wants to be a physical team. He wants to operate with two and three tight ends. He wants to give it to the back out of the dot while also using movement passing game. I like it. I, I, I just like where it's trending.
2: Yeah, and look, Utah, I think, is uh, is the favorite in the South. I'm on record, and people think I'm crazy. But I do think with Graham Harrell, after we got a chance to visit with USC, with that air raid offense, they're going to run there with all the wideouts that they have. I think they're going to be better than people think. So I think there's a chance USC ends up coming out of the South, even over Utah, which would be a shock. But I don't think whoever comes out of the South is going to beat whoever comes out of the North, and I think it's Washington. So uh, I'll go Washington there as well. All right, Big Ten, Buck.
3: Mm, Big Ten is... A little bit of a tough one. But this, this has to be it. This has to be the Michigan year, right? Has to be the Michigan year. Even though you're gonna Ohio State. Yeah, I'm going go, I'm going go with Michigan. And here's why. I think new offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis gives him a different identity. Um, they they, they continue to retain some of the physicality and toughness, but Josh Gaddis was at Penn State when they were doing it with Saquon Barkley, and Trace McSorley went to Mississippi State uh, this past season running the offense before becoming the head coach. I believe he's going to be able to assess what he has and figure out the best way to manipulate it. And then. I think they'll just kind of find a way to, to, to figure it out. But this is all on Jim Harbaugh and the big game at the end of the year. They have to beat Ohio State. It has to be a priority. They have to talk about it to the blue in the face. They got to find a way to get it done. Because if you can't do it now, they may never do it.
2: Yeah, and look, I remember Ohio State before Urban Meyer there. Um, and it was not the dominance that we've seen during the Urban Meyer era. Now, how's that going to go with the transition there to Ryan Day? I think they're going to be okay. I, I still think Ohio State ends up coming out of uh, of the Big Ten as the champion. But I, I'll tell you this: don't this feels like to me without Urban Meyer there? I would not be shocked if we ended up having like a Michigan State Iowa oh Big somebody else. championship game. It, would, it, it wouldn't shock me if that if that were to happen. Now, I'm, I don't have the courage to do that. I'm going to stick with Ohio State uh, because of that defensive front, I think, is so good. Uh, and the secondary is loaded. They're just too good on defense. And I think Justin Fields will will find his way with some very talented young wide receivers. So I'm going to go Ohio State. But I'm telling you, I would not be shocked if Michigan State ended up finishing second, even ahead of the Wolverines.
3: Yeah, I mean, I can agree. I can, I can see this. I mean, look, we you know wanna, what it is. You want to
2: devote about... Yeah. you want to devote about five seconds to the ACC?
3: Uh, yeah, it's Clemson. We can move on. <laughs> we can move on. There's, yep, no one, there's, no one, there's no one that can even challenge him. It's unfortunate, but there's no one in that conference that can challenge him. I mean, Virginia do they Tech, even play a – Virginia Tech is down. Do they
2: play a close game?
3: Florida State – I mean, maybe they sleepwalk at the wheel. They do come to Chapel Hill, so maybe they're they're looking past us to play somebody. But I can't imagine anybody in the conference giving them, like – a legitimate problem with, the, I mean, I can't see anybody, even if they play pit this year. Like, there's no one that has enough talent to slow down. No, out.
2: I just think that the gap is pretty wide, and uh, Syracuse has given them trouble over the years, but uh, I think they're at Syracuse, and it's actually Syracuse homecoming, but I, I don't see that happening again. I'm going to say Clemson in a boat race. Oh, uh, man, Big 12, huge. maybe one of the more interesting ones. What do you
3: got? Uh, I'm going to go with Oklahoma. I just think Lincoln Riley has the, the recipe and the formula. Jalen Hurts, natural leader big winner, um, knows how to kind of get his team into the winner's circle. Uh, I think he just handles it from day one and established himself.
2: All right. I I like that one. Um, Everybody wants to go Texas. I keep hearing so much about Texas. Uh, Just I don't think I can do it, man. I feel like I'm taking the easy way out here with Oklahoma. Hey, <laughs> Do you pick somebody else then? Stick- you off the I'm table. Sticking- Why don't you take, st- Iowa State? State with them.
3: take Iowa State? Take Iowa State. Take somebody. No, Come no, on. I, be, I do be, like Iowa be bold. State. Don't How about TCU? Jalen Rager okay. and those guys. No, no, no,
2: no, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. Look, you've you've challenged me. You've challenged me to step outside my comfort zone and go with a hunch. You want a hunch? Mm-hmm. Save this, rack this, because this could make me look incredibly stupid at the end of the season. Here we go. How about got Nebraska?
3: Baylor. Oh, Baylor.
2: I'm a Matt Rule guy. Oh, I've man. always been a Matt Rule guy. I know he's built a fast team. They've got some talent at the quarterback position. Forget it. Screw it. I'm going Baylor. I'm going to go Baylor to win the Big 12. Everybody can kill me, but I, that's what I'm going to do. I'm oh, be before, before they, they kill you, let's make Big sure 12.
3: I make a correction. Look, I, I mentioned Nebraska because I had Oklahoma on the brand, and I'm so used to seeing Nebraska in that thing. But they're uh, a Big Ten yeah, team. Big Ten. So let's scratch that out. Yep. I don't need anything in my mention saying, hey, Nebraska's in the Big Ten. Clowns, I got it. Baylor, So we can talk about Baylor. Yeah. I would say T- TCU, watch Jalen Rager. How about that?
2: Now watch Baylor's going to lose to Stephen F. Austin on Saturday, and I'm going to be like, oh. That's man. all right. It's
3: not how you start. It's how you finish. Don't, don't get me. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Look
2: at this schedule of how we start out, Buck. We go Stephen F. Austin, UTSA, Rice. We're 3-0, and man. Confidence is sky high, and then we get Iowa <laughs> State coming to town, coming, coming to Waco, oh, oh my God. and then we're off and running. Uh, mm. I just, I'm a Matt Rule guy. I'm, 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 buying on the coach there. So we'll see. Baylor shocks the world. I'm gonna look really smart if they do. I'm look really stupid. But that's the, that's the chance I'm gonna take. All right, you ready to do some our final four?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm sitting here just. Uh, the checking, the other my day, eyes, checking I, I it tweeted twice. out
2: and said. The final four is going to be Bama as the, as the one seed. Clemson as the two seed. The three seed is going to be some random team that's going to get killed by, the, by uh, Clemson. And the four seed is going to be some team that's going to get killed by Alabama. So you can pick the three and the four <laughs> however you want. Uh, but I do think it's still Bama and Clemson as the class of college football. And I'll end up going, I'll go Ohio State and I'll go UW. I'll go Washington. That's my four.
3: Washington, Washington, Bama, Clemson,
2: Ohio State, Washington. Ooh,
3: okay. Washington lost
2: a lot of dudes, but Chris Peterson just keeps it rolling, so I'm, I'm buying the coach.
3: Okay, I'm, I'm gonna go, Chuck. This is like the safest one that you could ever go. I'm gonna go Clemson, Bama, Michigan, Oklahoma.
2: Ooh. Oh, okay. Oklahoma.
3: All right. To Oklahoma, because Oklahoma can't. I mean, they got
2: but but Baylor but Baylor's going
3: to win the conference man. <laughs> maybe 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 they win the regular season but they don't win the conference title game.
2: Uh, all right. Well, look, that that's uh I don't again, my predictions of the final four have not been good. That's why I wimped out and went with the <laughs> he went with chalk. Bama Clemson, Ohio State, Washington. Uh, anything else you want to add that you looking forward to this weekend, Buck?
3: No, man, I'm just excited to to see all the games. Just really love it. I love it. I love it. I love it.
2: But uh, uh, so good. Uh, I, I do want to encourage folks, if you haven't um, go to to Apple podcast, if you can uh, rate us and, and leave us a review there. We do appreciate that. Those numbers continue to climb and helps get the word out uh, the podcast. I had a chance to uh, uh, to talk to Hytham behind the glass, who who's, mm-hmm. uh, told us that, look, the numbers are great. We're doing a good job here. And the audience is uh, is plugged in and excited about the college football season. But it does bring me to one sad point. Because uh, over the last several months, when we went through the prototype series, um, as we've got ready for the mm-hmm. start of the college season and the NFL season, our man Hytham has been at the control. That's uh, he's right. He's been running the show, and he's done a phenomenal job, Buck. But this is his swan song. This uh, is it. This is it for him. So he's uh He's moving on to a bigger and better. He's actually he's actually one of our producers that's actually staying in the company. Uh, so he's just going to do uh, more stuff on the TV side. So, Hytham, oh, we uh he's we you, us. He's big time in this. Uh,
1: he's big time in. Uh, it's not big time. It's not it's bigger and it. better. I'm, I'm doing some fantasy stuff that's going to be for
3: our app. Man, the fantasy guys get everything. They get whatever yeah, they want. See? They get prime location. I know. Uh, top producer. They get whatever they, get the they best want. best talent. Yeah, the, whatever it is. Hytham. Definitely the best
2: real, talent. For real, though, man. Uh, thank you no problem thank you for everything man you've you've it's been you've it's been, been great it's been, been great awesome it's been terrific. with
1: always a pleasure working with you two hopefully legends we'll, uh, yeah there you legends. go we'll see, see you back that. here hopefully before can we long. get a retire we'll can we get building. a retire actually i won't
2: because i'm a home cam guy
3: yeah <laughs> yeah can we get a retired jersey <laughs> in here, since we're legend? Can we get Can we get something to hang off the rafters? Oh,
2: you know what we should do is we should we should put rafters of all. Of our
3: <laughs> we might not be able to fit them our, all in. There. Yeah, I mean, because they go on. TD, they go
2: on elsewhere. Jonas, everybody, Sully.
3: everybody, everybody. That's it.
2: Will um, pile. I mean, you go on and on and on. We are. Well, we got Nabeel. I know is we'll
3: stepping in. We are He's the ready to go. We are the Sean McVay of NFL Media.
2: Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> what we are. We are Sean McVeigh. That's, That's right. We ball. elevate. We elevate. Oh, That's
1: so good. Well and the Beal's excited. Uh, so it'll be good.
2: Yeah, we'll keep we'll keep it rolling, man. But again, thanks for everything, Hytham. Uh, and and don't don't uh, don't steal all our new era hats before I get a chance to come back in there and get some of those things.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
2: what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> better
1: come check him out before MJD yeah, does. Uh, yeah, what you
2: talking about, Willis? Oh, gosh. I know all the Jaguar stuff's gone. Uh, all right. Let's let's uh, let's get out of here. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks for downloading, subscribing. Check out the uh, videos, nfl.com slash mtsvideo, youtube.com slash Podcast. You can find all the podcast uh, content on there. Uh, he's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. Thank you so much for listening to Move the Sticks, presented by New Era.
0: Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts.
1: This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class.
0: Or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there. Way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 414 24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a straight talk extended silver unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.
1: You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love. Online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it any time. Or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands.
0: Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.